0: Accelerating, Accelerating your, your fandom. fandom this, this is
1: Flash TV, TV Talk. Talk. Three, two, one, one. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Beau. and
0: I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm on fire.
1: Yeah, you are. What, like in a like symbolic way, or like you melting t- t- to a crisp type kind of way.
0: Uh, I, I i don't know i was just trying to tie something into the episode no i mean
1: i, I appreciate the uh, desire to do that but
0: uh... <laughs> yeah man no, I'm, good. This... I'm fine everything is everything is golden would, would you say that this episode was on fire uh most certainly yes <laughs> i just realized that
1: when the bartender showed up and and you know, when they found the body, we could have been like, this girl is on fire. <laughs> That's so inappropriate. Too soon. Uh, way too soon. Way too soon. Like, not even close to being soon enough. Uh, Bell, of course, this is uh, the Flash TV Talk podcast. Or rather, the TV Talk podcast, we are very excited to get back to our roots. We talk about the Flash this week. We've got a lot of great TV coming up, though. I feel like it needs to be acknowledged that, uh, man, we've got this Obi-Wan show here on the horizon. We've got Moon Knight here on the horizon. And, and, uh, and man, I, 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 I'm curious before we dive into the flash, which is about to go down. I'm curious as to your thoughts about this halo series. Is this like, what are we, are we doing? Are we doing this? Are we not doing this? It's on like a paramount streaming service, which I certainly don't have a subscription for, but I'm curious as to your thoughts.
0: I watched the first episode last night, actually.
1: And, and just kind of a, uh, quick, is it a thumbs up, a thumbs down? I'll wait and see. What are you, what are you thinking?
0: I am curious because it is nothing, nothing like the story from the game. Interesting. Um, so I'm kind of curious as to where they're going to go with it. it. It seems really neat. Like it, it's got all that Halo kind of stuff that you know. I, I feel like uh, people who have played the games and enjoy the story will appreciate. Um, and but it, it is it is completely different than the uh, than the video game story.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, like that's 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 fine. I think I can go into it with an open mind. My my whole thing though is like my entire, like of the entire Halo franchise, my favorite character is Dr. Halsey. And so as long as they get Dr. Halsey, right, I don't mind them changing up Master Chief. I actually, you know, I'm not that personally tied to his story one way or the other, but Halsey is like such a cool character, like one of my favorite characters in all of video games and, and sci-fi. And so as long as I get Halsey, right, then then I'm down. So maybe we'll be covering that in, uh, in the future
0: yeah she she's interesting i i i I honestly don't remember too much about her from uh like i read halo fall of reach and played all the games and stuff but um she seems like an interesting character
1: okay cool well like i said we'll be looking at that in the future but for now man we've got an episode of the flash to dive into are you ready for it let's do it all right man let's jump into the rundown the The rundown. rundown Episode 8 of Season 8, The Fire Next Time, directed by David McWhirter and
0: story by Joshua V. Gilbert. Bell, what happened to this episode? Well, the recently paroled Jocko Birch is arrested for the incineration of O'Shaughnessy's manager, Stan Mullen, who he was arguing with the night prior. He professes his innocence and desired to be there for his son, Harold. With there being no hard evidence against Yakko and with it being Henry Allen's birthday, Barry becomes determined to convince his team of Yakko's innocence. Flash and Frost find bartender Donna Winters incinerated, however Chester discovers that the methods of burning do not match Yakko's abilities. Flash and Frost stop Yakko from kidnapping Harold from social services, and they work together to stop a lava channel from erupting. At CCC Media, Iris has Allegra interview a social media influencer, Rosie Levin, with, with her constituent, Taylor Downs, but Allegra shirks the interview to pursue a story involving ex-con Lydia Sanchez. Iris agrees to publish both stories, and Allegra tries to apologize to Taylor, but she refuses to listen. That night, Yako and Harold reunite while Joe's family celebrates Henry's birthday. Later, Team Flash focuses their efforts on finding the real killer.
1: Dun, 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 doo loo all right, man. This episode, I feel like, perfectly showcases what I was kind of talking about last week, which is the importance of human characters. Okay, like you know, lived experience is kind of the theme that you know connects all of the various stories here. But you have kind of a a super a meta human, a kind of comic booky fantastical element of that story, but then you also have a very human side of that story as well. And one of the challenges I think the show has continued to face is that when everybody's a meta, when everybody's been given kind of a power to kind of get us out of a thing one season that you're kind of stuck with ongoing, you have to kind of depower a lot of people in order to get to that human story. And so, for example, Cecile, in this episode you know, all of a sudden is kind of like, oh, it'd be unethical for me to use my powers. And most of us in the audience are like, since when? And the answer to that is since the story called for it. And that's one of those things where it's a CW show. We kind of allow that to happen, but man, oh man, do I wish there could be a Scarlet Witch moment where we hear no more metas that wipes out the majority of the meta characters, not not wipes them out, but wipes out their abilities and brings us more human characters back onto the show. So that we can kind of have these ideas of stories that are told from a superheroic standpoint and from a human standpoint, from a godlike, you know, from kind of that that godlike level to that mortal type level. Like where those kind of, uh, you know, the yin and the yang that could potentially exist in a lot of stories, it's here. And I think this episode actually did a pretty good job of that. But it still had to do that waltz of kind of stepping around other people's powers in order to make it happen. So that's kind of like my grand thesis for overall how I feel about this episode before we dive into the various characters and stories at play. But it's just been very heavy on my mind going in, into the season. I don't know. What, what Overall, man, looking at this episode, what were your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I want to say that I'm glad that they did the thing that they did with Cecile um, because that was kind of a thing where, you know, I, I want to say and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know there's some instances where she did decide to use her powers. I Again, mean, I, I know uh, Top was one uh, instance where she uh, used her powers uh, in in a way to like gain information. I think it was kind of a different context. Um, I think in this situation, I think she's correct, and I think that was the right move. And I think that's that's a good way to do that going forward. Um, where we when we have her in a human style story, she needs to you know stick with the law and stuff like that. Um, And I want to say previously, it's been involuntary when she would get that information about like, oh, this guy's innocent because she didn't have control over her powers. Now that she has that control, I think, you know, her directive is to use it when it's applicable and not when it's not. And so I, I, I like that. With them going forward, and it's also interesting because they've essentially de- depowered Allegra by putting her in Central City, uh, Central Citizen, Central City. There we go. <laughs> Central City Citizen yeah. Media,
1: <laughs> the CCC, the C three, my friend.
0: Yeah, the the C three Media, Um, because like what instances when she's giving interviews is she going to need her power set? And so that's kind of neat. You know, we don't necessarily have to have them depowered. It's just they're in situations where they don't need to use their powers and so, or, or, or feel ethical constraints um, from using their powers. And so I, I think that's fine. Like I, I agree with you that it, it's nice that we're, that we're not having the powers kind of like, over, like override those human sort of stories. Um, I don't necessarily think we need a like no more mutants kind of thing. We, we sort of did that with the cure and, you know, you know how I feel about The Cure.
1: Well, <laughs> I think you want to cure her, Charles. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no,
1: no. I, I, I'm aware. And you know how I felt about The Cure storyline as well. It's just, it's just kind of one of those things that the ethical question. Well, you know what? And actually, that's going to end up coming into kind of later on in, in our discussion here with.
0: Um, Wait, no, with I, our... I wasn't talking about The Cure storyline. I was talking about Robert Smith and The Cure. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to confuse you. I I was I was
1: totally confused there. No, I, um, I kid, I kid, I kid. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um anyway.
1: Well, I gotta say, man, the 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 heart of the superheroic side of things was very much on full display. We're kind of uh you know introduced to this concept that today for whatever reason is a very emotionally heavy day for Barry and of course as the episode plays out, we see that in some form or fashion it's tied to his father and ultimately this was his father's birthday. He's uh reflecting throughout the episode on kind of the traumatic experiences he had as a child seeing his father carried away from him. And then that goes directly into the case that he's following with Jack Black. I mean uh, uh Jacob Bur- who shows up
0: I, actually you know i don't have a jack black you've got a jack black don't we have a jack black no I, i've been i one time in vegas uh some really drunk lady thought i was jack black that was back when i had longer hair <laughs> and right. uh she was like oh my god jack black can i have a picture i'm like okay and so you know she took a picture and i was like all right sh- should i feel bad about that like <laughs> is that an insult or is that a uh it's never
1: tell did I ever tell you about the time that I tried to get into a club in New York, uh, trying to convince them I was Sean Aston? Oh my god! <laughs> Did I never tell you about that? I was we uh, we were, we were <laughs> I was visiting my brother, and uh, or maybe it wasn't a club, maybe it was just like a, a bar. Or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they had some sort of situation going on where uh, they weren't letting us in, and so we're walking away, and then I kind of do a double back. And I'm like, I was like, hey, do you do you know who I am? And uh, he kind of gave me a look, and I was like, "Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings?" And the bouncer kind of gave me this, "Dude, shut up and get out of here!" Look. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't work very well. Yeah, yeah. But I've been. People have mistaken me for Sean Aston before. I am a very short man.
0: That is true. But I, was is Sean Aston actually short, or is he just that, that was just all CG and stuff? I don't
1: know. Anyway, point is, uh, you and I are not celebrities, nor should we ever be mistaken for celebrities. Uh, but no, here uh, we do have uh, Jacob Birch, who could be mistaken for Jack Black in this episode, uh, who is has this kind of contentious relationship with his son, who is a Hunter Camp Junior, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And,
0: I, and I, I would argue that the Yako is Hunter Camp Senior. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, they, they right both have sure. cool jackets. They
1: yeah, both they're like very, music. very cool. They do? Yeah. yeah. And this is, of course, a return of a character that we've seen before, as well as a location that we've seen before in
0: Oshaginesi. Osh- What's it called? Oshanese. Oshanese. I thought it was Oshaganese. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Oshagnesse's.
1: <laughs> hey, that, that that word is very, very difficult for a dyslexic
0: to say. I'm oh, just well, I can to imagine. <laughs>
1: You know, throughout the episode, they do a really good job of pointing out, like they kind of play a little bit with us as an audience because we're meant to kind of see Yako uh, as you... Is it Yakko or Jaco?
0: I, I mean, like I'm 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 pronouncing it Yakko because of the famous bassist Yakko Pastorius, which is spelled the same way.
1: I see. Okay. Well, they we're kind of led to believe early on that Birch is innocent, but then when we see him break out and go after... Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the manager, the, the girl that worked there, uh, and then she shows up dead. It are kind of, it's kind of a twist. All of a sudden it seems like, okay, well maybe he actually might be the killer. I actually thought the way in which they toyed with us as an audience, and then also put this up against Barry's experience of seeing his father carted away on a, on a crime he didn't commit when all evidence, like no rational person would look at the case and say that Henry Allen was innocent. There's just because of what we knew at the time. And so this concept of taking that from Barry's experience, applying it to Birch's present reality, and then us as an audience watching without really having all the facts, still, by the way, not having facts by the end of the episode, I thought was done really well. It actually felt like a legitimate mystery throughout the entire episode to me.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. So I, I had my suspicions at the beginning because of the way that uh uh Stan Mullen, the manager, was killed. Because um when we see him uh use his powers, when we see Yako use his powers later in the episode, he's like, you know, lighting himself on fire. And I'm assuming throwing fireballs. And like you like like Barry had mentioned, you know, like the, the corpse was charred, but like nothing else around it was. And right. he touched and uh Stan Mullen touched like a bar stool and his hand caught on fire and the beer was like boiling and stuff like that. And so it just it didn't it didn't seem to match. And then when he goes and he sees the uh uh waitress who is there and like he gets really mad and you see him like, you know, uh start to to flame up and whatnot, we we don't see anything that happens from there. The next thing we know is he's just on the run. And so I, I still felt like there's something diff there's something going on here. I know I, I felt like they're showing us this scene to sort of make us think that you know, perhaps he could actually be guilty, but it still felt different. Like because it was, you know, just just, just going off what we were seeing in the episode, what Barry, you know, and in, in his little, you know, CSI analysis was saying, it was like, you know, he absorbs the heat, and it seems like that other entity or whatever it was was projecting heat onto things, right?
1: Yeah, uh, and, and, and
0: they said it was like a like a nuclear fusion kind of thing versus like you know just fire. Um and so it was interesting and 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 it's kind of nice that they didn't give us this sort of moment where we see Yako get mad and then all of a sudden the waitress bursts into flames and he's like oh crap like what happened because <laughs> right, it, right right cuz it, it it adds more to that to that mystery which which is really cool it's it's kind of nice to have you know um subgenres within a superhero show Oh, and absolutely! Yeah, yeah, I I love it when they do that, and so we got kind of a little mystery here, and we and and we have a mystery going on. For the rest of the season, who is this, this, this fire meta guy. So that's, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And we don't know if this is going to be a season long plotline. It might just be to the next episode. It might be a little bit longer, but to some extent I, I kind of like that. I, I like the amount of unknown that they toyed around with during the episode and also left us with at the end of the episode. Now, like I said, uh, Bell, a lot of the connected tissue here between what is our kind of superhero story and our human story is the, the notion that lived experience is an invaluable tool when assessing kind of the world around us, right? So we've got Allegra. She's been kind of put on assignment. She has to interview this influencer. She's also dealing with a subordinate who is insubordinate on top of that. (laughs) Um, You know, she goes uh, into this interview and she kind of does a bad job. She doesn't manage her person. She kind of phones in the interview. And then all of a sudden she recognizes somebody that she knew from prison and finds in her story and in her frustration, the exact story that she felt was the one that she needed to be working on. Uh, and so she abandons her employee, did not, does not provide any kind of managerial support, uh, tells, a you know, granted a better story, but not the story that she was sent out after. And you know, while it does get posted, Allegra has to learn a valuable lesson that you know what? Yes, you you can tell those stories. That's that's an important thing to do, and that's you know that's that's a that's a critical you know job that the citizen is is portraying. But also, you are part of a system in the uh, in the citizen in and of itself, and you're supposed to be training up this next generation or or your employees rather who are going to be telling these stories. And you might not like the story they're telling now. You might not always like every single story that you're going to be telling, but you got to kind of bring them up. You don't want the junior reporter on some of the heavier stories. Yeah, the junior reporter is going to be telling the the story of the little uh, influencer, but you don't know. Maybe, Belle, that influencer is somebody who's important maybe that influencer is an ancestor of booster gold maybe that that influencer <laughs> is somebody who if we had been t- following her story we'd see yet another setup for booster gold come into the flash
0: that would be interesting because guess what rose guess levin was an ancestor of booster gold yes she was yes <laughs> i had no idea like that I, they, I i just learned that from reading the show notes but that's interesting
1: it is very possible that that, that was uh, uh, just a little Easter egg of kind of pulling some somebody right. I mean, it, it should be made note, too, that uh, Donna Winters, who uh, was the girl that was on fire earlier in the episode, <laughs> was actually Tim Drake's stepmom. So I, Not I don't... more she ain't. Yeah, as much as... <laughs> I don't think that's going to be happening in this timeline anytime soon, but, uh, but yeah, so sometimes they just kind of pull random names and uh, for, for these side characters, but given the fact that we got a booster gold tease early on, and now we've got potentially another little booster gold tease in this episode that we kind of sidestepped. I'm, I'm curious if there might be some, uh, some connection there.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, But as far as like Allegra's behavior goes, I I think the uh, to quote the dude would be applicable here. Uh, No, Walter, you're not wrong. You're just an a hole because that's basically what Allegra was. (laughs) It's like she was so focused on her story, and and yes, I mean she she was right. It was a better story. Um, But like you said, you know, she had a directive to do the other story, and it's it's really neat to see like Boss Iris come in there and be like, nah, like you're part of this organization, your skills would have helped her article be better. And now you have to patch up this relationship and you have put a severe, uh, uh, breach of trust in there and it's going to be hard to do that. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we're not dealing with metahumans. We're dealing with newspapers and, and reporting and stuff like that, but it's still an interesting situation to kind of, uh, to kind of watch develop. So yeah, I, well, I, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but you know, I'm kind of, Interested to see where it goes.
1: <laughs> well, and here's the thing: this is why Allegra is not an a hole because she she does like she eats crow. She she recognizes what she did wrong, and she goes to her employee. To t- I mean, the fact of the matter is, the employee is kind of an a hole because Allegra, as you mentioned, is not wrong. Like the employee did go over her head, which the employee like, j- and honestly, uh, Iris probably should have sent the employee back to allegra instead of kind of disrupting the chain of command like i feel like allegra did get kind of set up for failure while she was also setting up her employee for failure in that but irregardless it sets up the storyline and it works out okay so allegra does go to her employee and she does say hey you know what i messed up here and but then the employee is like i'm the a-hole now
0: <laughs> i'm, yeah, I'm just- going to destroy you and it's like okay <laughs> like like why why would you why would you say that to your boss like that's that's a that's like a, a write-up right there. I'd be like, okay, yeah, um, not not happening.
1: Yeah, I was like, I, I, I feel as though, like, if Allegra was on a little bit better standing in, in her position, which, you know, currently she just got reprimanded. So she's not quite in the, like, the strong, like, stance she could to just fire this person. Uh, so it's kind of a, again... It was actually a really well written story like with actual human characters and I mean that not just from the non meta aspect as you know as is noted, Allegra is a metahuman, but she's put in a very human scenario and we see growth, we see learning, we see failure, we see strengths like this is what I think can work really, really well when we have this combination of this fantastical element of Killer Frost and The Flash and, you know, Yako. I can destroy the city when I get mad, but somehow it's cool. Just let me take care of this kid. We'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, point is, you got like this big, like over-the-top, you know, superhero drama, but then you also have these kind of human stories and then you have these kind of emotional ties or these kind of thematic ties of, you know, that lived experience and how that plays in. And what I think could really work well is if they leaned even further into this, you know, one of the things that we saw last season was with multiple shows that are like cop dramas and that sort of thing, trying to kind of reconcile with this, like, okay, maybe perhaps in our fiction, we have over lionized the police when we know that there is, you know, there's good cops. And we also know that there's corrupt cops. And so how do we, do a better job of of showcasing that as opposed to pretending like everything's all hunky-dory. The Flash struggled with this last season as well. We saw that entire uh, uh, arc with Joe ultimately leaving the police force, but then it kind of was like, okay, well... But perhaps maybe there's, you know, a, a an avenue for reform or an avenue for showcasing some sort of narrative there. Like, how do we call out the bad and challenge it with the good as opposed to pretending that the bad is not there and that it's all good? And so I think what we saw in this episode is recognizing kind of like the failures in the justice system, uh, albeit in kind of, you know, the DC Comics world and in the, the Arrowverse. But then also challenging that and looking further into it. How do we get, you know, rather than like, oh, this person tried to destroy the city, but go now they're working, you know, like by the end of it, the flash is like, I just talked to the mayor who's going to finance your soup kitchen project. It's like, okay, that's a little, okay. <laughs> 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 like uh, uh, Okay. Or like, what if it's like this person who has been wrongfully committed and we use super science to find the actual, you know, the actual uh, uh, killer. And so, you know, and, and leave it as kind of this mystery so that we kind of acknowledge, no, there are actual villains that we need to stop, but there are actual you know uh, uh, folks in this who are victims themselves who are being treated as, as villains. I loved the complexity of this of this episode, despite it still being a very CW kind of, you know, over the top drama and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, for what the flash is, I think that's the way in which these stories can be approached best. And that happens even better when we have this marriage of superhuman and very human. And so kudos to this episode, I say, for the way in which it handled a lot of the the subject matter and its characters and putting especially like Cecile and Allegra in particular into very human type roles and having Barry, its most super of superhumans, be very driven by his human emotions. I, hats off. Well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it was nice to have the the, the theme tie into both the stories like you said from from two different standpoints right you know it's the stigma of being an ex-con and you know despite you may having good intentions now and, and you never would really hurt anybody anymore um, there's still that stigma surrounding you like you know um, Allegra's friend was unable to get any sort of real job because of that stigma and uh, everyone was willing to just throw Yako under the bus because he was a meta human the 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 you know it lined up enough to be convenient to just throw him under the bus because he was an ex-con and he was a meta with fire powers. And so like, it was, it was really cool to kind of see, you know, Hey, these are things that we need to take into consideration when we're, uh, when we're dealing with this kind of stuff and to see it from two different angles, from the meta human side and from the the human side was, was really neat. And, uh, I, I appreciated that.
1: Okay. So I have to throw like one little mini gripe (laughs) into this equation. (laughs) All right. So, Yako's, Birch's whole power set is he gets mad, things get hot, right? He absorbs
0: heat. Okay. I think he, like, pulls it. I mean, they, 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 they mentioned it in one sentence where he's like, he got so angry that they were trying to take his kid that he, like, pulled so much heat from the Earth's core that it melted magma underneath Central City. like.
1: Right, okay, okay, all right. So, so this is my point, though. He can get mad, and when he loses his temper, literally the city can be wiped out.
0: Maybe um, uh, he should be medicated.
1: I'm wondering. Like, cure might be in order here.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying Mood stabilizers, man. Mood stabilizers. Uh Uh-huh. Well, If the mood stabilizers
1: don't work, the city's destroyed. It does seem as though, you know, I don't know that he'd be getting his kid. That's all I'm saying. Is it like he seems like a very... Nice guy, a very caring father. He has a desire to do well. That's great. But he also has the ability to lose his temper and destroy the city. So I'm just saying.
0: But I mean, like, you know, if Flash ever decided to turn bad, he could kill everyone in the city in the blink of an eye. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. Why, but why, why aren't we saying, oh, maybe we should, maybe we should cure Barry?
1: It didn't seem like he had a, but, but, So, okay. So, all right. Fair fair point. Fair point. It's less about if he decided to destroy the city. I get the sense he doesn't want to destroy the city. But my point is, regardless of whether or not he wants to destroy the city, he almost did and didn't mean to. So it's more of that instability of his powers that I find to be a little concerned. If I was in charge of child services, I don't know that the kid would be going to Jack Black in this scenario.
0: (laughs) But I mean, if 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 we're if we're willing to train other metahumans to harness and control their powers, why not train him to do the same thing? And so maybe his emotions would be less of a detriment. I mean, maybe okay, all right. Maybe there needs to be some sort of like uh, I mean, I'm just metahuman. Saying there's, there's solutions other than like eugenics. <laughs>
1: It's, it's not, that's not what it is. It's just, it's, it, okay, the, all right, here's another one. Maybe not the cure. We know the technology exists, Argus-wise, that uh, they can put a little handcuff on you and suppress your powers. Maybe just handcuff him,
0: you know? I mean, it's still like, he would have to voluntarily do it. Yeah, it's then, just okay. a bracelet.
1: Yeah. I mean, he and almost and destroyed, he destroyed, he destroyed the city. The okay, the city. City. okay all, right, all right,
0: I'm just saying, if man. A flash he, destroys the city in Armageddon, but he didn't um, because they fixed it armageddon 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 all right
1: (laughs) (laughs) well fair enough regardless man we know that he's not the killer but that killer is still out there and uh i think we need to kind of spend a little time trying to figure that out so we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we're gonna jump into some speedster speculation This is John Wesley Ship and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow red and yellow red and yellow red and yellow. Hold oh, no.
0: on. I'm on my red and yellow. Speedster Speculation. All
1: right, man. Speedster Speculation this week. The killer is still at large and we got a couple of clues. There's kind of a potentially big one. Maybe. Or maybe this is like incomplete speculation, you know, tinfoil hat territory. But at the very end of the episode, we do see that, you know, uh, uh, Chester and Barry and I believe Frost are all kind of looking at the board, talking about what they need to scan for. And they realize they need to look for more victims because this killer is still on the loose. Uh, and they look over at the board, the glass board. And aside from pictures of all the various victims, we see in big letters, cold fusion. They talked specifically about how this, you know, power system or, you know, this uh, attack worked and how it was kind of using cold fusion, that sort of thing. And so I thought it was worth noting, given the fact that they kind of drew up in big bold letters, the clue that we're supposed to walk away with, I started doing a little digging. And so... I believe, if, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe on like a previous Legends of Tomorrow storyline, there was a, a doctor back in the 60s or maybe before that who was an uh, inventor who basically invented cold fusion, but then Damien Dark like killed him and then he didn't invent it in that particular timeline. Does that, does that ring a bell at all?
0: yeah um i'm trying to remember exactly what happened so Uh, this was doctor and again i'm about to
1: butcher this Bernhard vogel
0: yeah bernhardt vogel yeah oh i didn't butcher it no you didn't you did did good
1: all right well you know uh yeah yeah uh, so vogel dr bernhardt vogel Uh, so in, in the original timeline, Damien Dark successfully killed Dr. Vogel and put an end to the uh, cold fusion and saved the oil industry. But in the current timeline, Damien Dark tried to kill Vogel, but Ray Palmer and Nora Dark rescued him and escaped. The following day, Damien tried to kill Vogel again, but failed. Vogel was rescued by Damien's future version. Later, Damien kidnapped Nora and offered a trade Nora for Dr. Vogel. His future version agreed, but, uh, Dark tricked him and threw Nora out of the roof but not before he shot Vogel. Future Dark used his magic to catch Nora, and Damien tried to use the situation to his advantage. Dark shot his future self, but Future Dark caught the bullets with his magic. The two started fighting, yada, yada, yada. Dr. Vogel later died from his injuries, but not before he gave Ray Palmer all of his notes on
0: cold fusion. So,
1: is it possible that we're dealing with the ghost of Dr. Vogel?
0: No, we are oh. clearly <laughs> dealing with uh Nuclear Man.
1: The Molecular from, Man. Oh, the, it's <laughs> not Molecular Molecular. It's molecular man. Yeah.
0: No, it, it's Nuclear Man from Superman 4: Quest for Peace.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: The yeah, blonde I mean, guy? Yeah. Who can grow his nails and he gets beat up on the moon.
1: I I'm I'm just
0: I I think my Ghost of Dr. Vogel's better than that one, man. I, I
1: I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Maya has yeah. actual connection connective tissue with the arrow air verse. I'm just saying, they, yeah, it's there.
0: I I feel like Dr. Yeah, he Dr. Vogel. It's not going to be Dr. Vogel because he's dead. Um, but this was pre-Crisis. The ghost,
1: the ghost of Dr. Vogel is what
0: I said. He's no, a heat ghost. I don't think it's. But I don't know. I mean, like the the every time we saw, there's like this wispy, like weird, um. You know, first person kind of view before everybody was killed. You know, do you remember that? Like, where you can mm-hmm. see, like, there's like fringe Like, I mean, I don't, I, uh, ghost powers, I don't know. I mean, that, that's interesting. That, that, that's very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm wondering though if it's someone because, uh, Vogel gave, uh, Ray Palmer all of his notes on, on Cold Fusion. So I wonder if it's somebody connected to Palmer Tech who got this stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Okay. The ghost of Vogel would be pretty interesting, but I don't know about a ghost being a meta. Like, that's a hardcore it, deep
1: cut. Most of us are not going to know who that is.
0: Yeah, I would. I would think. I would think it's somebody connected to uh, Palmer Tech who found the technology, tried to do something with it, and wasn't quite up to the task, and ended up doing something to make themselves this heat-based meta.
1: Okay, so since we're dealing with kind of the nuclear and the fusion, maybe this could be Ronnie.
0: No, I, I although although that would be an interesting twist for Caitlin's story with her new bow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't love the idea of him coming back as a killer. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I know that a lot of times we get that in especially, you know, CW-esque shows is that they, you know, a character dies and then, you know, we, we haven't seen the actor in forever and it's getting near the end of the series. So they bring him back, but it's like a dark or a twisted version of him or something like that. Um, what about
0: Deathstorm? I- I mean, that, that has ties into like blackest night and I, there's nothing else tying us into blackest night. So um, what,
1: what would be that? I, all right. First of all, very cool concept. Very cool concept. But why? Like, what's the, are we going with more of a, Hmm. didn't they mention, I mean, like, all right, so it's been a while and this, this has been kind of the, the, um, the challenge of these longer breaks, but. If I'm remembering correctly, did they say that this back half was going to have more of a horror element to it? Or was that last season? Or the season before that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't recall hearing anything about that.
1: I, I feel like there was something, but maybe that was the whole thing with blood. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it, that would be cool. If they had a death storm, a, a version of death storm show up, uh, there was also kind yeah. of talk of... You know, um, Scarlet Death, you know, which, yeah. you know, I guess if they if they were going to bring Deathstorm up, if they had some former or fashion or even even the Black Flash, like you've got these horror versions of characters we know that and there, and there's, could there's make plenty. some sort of appearance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and there's there's plenty of like dead metas to choose from. Like, I I, I think I think what it, what we could be seeing here is something of a uh, a red herring where we were thinking that the heat meta is the main bad, but it's somebody else resurrecting dead metas and making them evil, interesting or evil er, you know. Um, I I think Deathstorm would be an interesting aspect to go to that because of the Caitlyn side of it. Um, I, I like that would be really interesting to me to see her reaction to someone who's truly not Ronnie, but looks like him and is, and is undead and evil or something like that. Um, so we're not trying to like redeem him or bring him back, but she has to like, cause, cause the thing is like the, the whole, the whole, uh, premise around last episode was her unable to let anybody in, um, because of her, she's still kind of hurting about Ronnie. And so this would, this would allow her to bring closure to that um and and fully let him go, right? But the 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 only real kink in that idea is I don't know what kind of big bad you bring in to to justify that and make it make sense.
1: Yeah, I that's that's a hmm interesting. I mean like I, I really love the idea. I think that there, there there's a lot of like larger concepts that are connected with that that I really enjoy um and and would be very cool. I just don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do. Hmm. If it is going to be connected to Firestorm, I would want it to be Deathstorm. So I like yeah. your idea. I, I like your idea better than I like my idea. I was just trying to mind the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cold fusion. Yeah. It's got to mean something. It's right there on the board. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, and and like there, there is definitely a, a pre-existing and reverse tie-in with that, right? Um, I, and like I, I'm, I'm trying to to think of you know, how do you resurrect Firestorm into Deathstorm without sort of having to go into the whole Blackest Night kind of thing? Like who who would be a, a, a meta or or maybe even a magic user or something like that who resurrects people normally? And that's who we're that's who we're gonna like have to deal with. I I, I think it'd be really really cool um, for Caitlin and her story. Um, the rest of the team would be really interesting and it would be it would it would give us more of this sort of mystery is like you know we get a couple um, uh, you know multi-episode stories with each of these you know meta serial killers and like each one gives us a little bit more clues who's behind the resurrections or something
1: oh <gasps> All right, I got it. I know exactly who it is. It's Eobard Thon. All right, no, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right. So Eobard is trying to get Eddie back, and so he's made some sort of deal with the devil to like randomly bring back all of these undead characters from the past. So we get Ronnie back as as Deathstorm, but then eventually we'll also get Eddie back as as uh, as Blue uh, McGillicuddy guy, uh, Blue Lapis. Uh, the the molecule <laughs> no oh,
0: what 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 was molecular. the are talking about the uh, <laughs> um uh cobalt, oh blue. cobalt, cobalt blue. blue cobalt cobalt yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh you know back in the day I know I've referenced this before back in the day I came up with this really really fun concept for like a cobalt red storyline
0: with yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah, kind of bring that character back, but make him a Red Lantern would be really cool. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so who knows? Who knows what we'll end up getting? But uh, I like I like the speculation. We want to hear what your speculation is. Send it into the show. You can write us flash at com. You can find our contact information as well as our YouTube channel, where you can tune in for our live podcast, which seems to be happening on Sundays. That seems to be the way that things are going, so that may be the new thing. Uh, Stay tuned for find out more, but uh, the links to that can be available at uh, tvtalk.fm. This podcast is made possible by our amazing Patreons at patreon.com slash tvtalk. Thank you all so much for supporting the show and keeping us on the air. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Look, we got a lot of TV to talk about here in the future, so don't go anywhere, because we'll be back in a flash.